This call is being recorded. Good morning, good morning. Happy Monday. It's Letitia from Arizona. I'm your greeter this morning. Anybody else on the line? I'd like to say good morning. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, family? Good morning, Brother E. How are you? Doing fine. Good morning,
Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. And you? Very good. Awesome. Awesome. Happy Monday, everybody. Today. Good morning. Good morning. It's Leticia from Arizona. We're greeted this morning. Anybody else join the line? I'd like to say good morning. Good morning, this is Diane. Happy Monday. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. It's Leticia from Arizona. I'm your greeter this morning.
We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in him. There were no prayer requests submitted on the app, nor were there any spoken ones. The order of the call today is the declaration will be given by Sister Pamela. Praying and leading us in corporate praise will be brought by Sister Alonza. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declare to Pamela. Again, the order of the call today is the declaration will be brought by Minister Pamela. Praying and leading us in corporate praise will be brought by Sister Alondra. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by Declare Minister Pamela. The scripture for today is Romans 1.17. For in the gospel of righteousness of God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, I ask that you take a look at your phone to make sure that the standard mute button is pressed as the call is being recorded and we would like to preserve the integrity of it. Thank you again for joining us here on Declare Victory. Happy Monday, and God bless. I now pass the call to Minister Pamela. Amen. Amen. Good morning, the Victors. Uh, thank you, Sister Leticia from Arizona, and all of those who will be participating uh, this morning on the call. Um, I just want to thank God for this opportunity to share with you the declaration this morning. And um, let us go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Father God, we come to you this morning thanking you for this opportunity to uh, be used, God. And I pray, Lord, for your strength and direction and wisdom, God, as we study your word and learn more about the faith factors in our lives, God. We just give you all the glory and the praise, God as we serve you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Um, this morning, our declaration um, this morning was inspired by a book that I recently read about overcoming um, faith, uh, overcoming fear with faith. And um, in the book, it, you know, kind of talked about the life of David and several others um, that were presented in the book of Hebrews, and it, um, you know, just kind of shared a little bit about each of their lives. Um, so I'm going to kind of uh, jump into the declaration now. Um, now, faith can only be proven by our actions. And for followers of Christ, the lack of faith is seldom a matter of disbelief. It's a matter of fear. Um, in fact, C.S. Lewis wrote that faith is the art of holding on to things our reason has once accepted in spite of our changing moods or emotions. For our emotions or our moods, such as fear, exerts influence that unless mastered can destroy our trust in what we know is true. 
Now, we usually think of faith as a biblical or a theological term, but we demonstrate faith every day in our room, in our routine life. Uh, just think about it when we fly. Um, we find ourselves um, going into this metal tube, being thrust into the air, uh, going uh, 500 miles an hour. 30,000 feet high, and yet despite those opportunities of fear, um, we try to operate in faith by putting our lives in hands in an airline industry. Yet every day we act in faith by putting our hands in human beings, like putting our hands in a pilot. <laughs> and surely if we could put our hands in our, our put our faith in the hands of a pilot, we can put our hands, our faith in the hands of Jesus. Uh, Paul in Ephesians six sixteen says, above all, taking the shield of faith, with, uh, with which you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one. And Paul here is describing a large shield that the Roman infantry infantry used to use to protect their whole bodies. And these shields were four feet tall, two and a half feet wide. They were made of leather that stretched over this wood and they were reinforced with metal at the top and the bottom. And in ancient times, enemy soldiers uh, would dip the tips of their darts or arrows into this solution of um, poison. And even if the darts just kind of grazed the shoulder skin, the shoulder of a uh, soldier, that poison uh, would spread through their bloodstream and produce a swift and painful death. And other occasions, the enemy would dip their darts into a substance and ignite them and then shoot them into the enemy's camp. Of all these implements of warfare, Paul's description of a Roman soldier is the only place that it plainly describes the purpose of the shield of faith. For the purpose of the shield of faith is to protect us from the fiery darts of the wicked one. And according to some scholars, these darts would um, were used on every attack by the enemy against the people of God. And they include not only every kind, um, um, they included not only every kind of temptation against the ungodly behavior. But if you're a Christian, you know that throughout your lifetime, you're often bombarded with thousands of fiery arrows launched by Satan and his minions. The only way to protect ourselves is through faith. Now, the Apostle John wrote in 1 John uh, 5, 4, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now, what is faith? Um, so um, when I look at the word faith and look at what faith is, let's discuss how faith work and how it overcomes the fiery arrows and attacks of the evil one. 
first, um, let's remember that faith involves more than belief, because according to James 2.19, it tells us that even the demons believe and are trembled. But faith is an active practice, practice built on belief. Faith is not ambiguous. It's not unsure. It's a concrete condition. It's a present-day confidence of the future reality. Faith is solid, unshakable confidence in God that's built upon assurance that he is faithful to his promises. Um, when I was growing up, I met this um, gentleman that I had the opportunity to work with one summer. And when I think of um, someone who is a person of faith, it, it kind of reminds me of this summer when I worked at um, the Urban League while in high school. And they would assign us with the organization or company to work with as well as a mentor. And one summer I had the opportunity to work with um, this, uh, this man at NAACP and his name was Dr. Robert Williams. Now, Dr. Robert Williams was blind and he was an attorney and um, I worked with him for the full summer, um, my sophomore year in high school. And many times I would catch the bus into uh, downtown Phoenix. Um, sometimes my mother took me, but most of the times I would catch the bus to work. And coming into, from North Phoenix into downtown Phoenix, Central Phoenix, which is the hub. Um, one occasion I remember getting off the bus and downtown Phoenix and I was uh, walking through the terminal and I came across Dr. Williams. And as I stated before, he's blind. Um, sometimes he would have a seeing eye dog. Uh, many occasions he would just have his cane. Um, and this went on for the whole summer and occasionally we'd walk together from time to time to time when we would meet up um, at the terminal. And one time we were walking into work and I was constantly asking him questions and I asked him about his blindness. And he shared with me that he wasn't always blind, that um, after going to law school and getting his degree, he contracted a rare disease that caused him to lose his eyesight. And he had to you know, learn how to navigate. Um, and so I would ask him one day um, as we were walking, how was it um, for him to, you know, having seen once and now not, you know, how was it for him to see where he was going? And he said, no, you know, I was able to, he, would, he was able to utilize sound and all of his other senses built up um, and it helped him to navigate throughout the city. Um, and one time we were walking, I asked him um, another question and I asked him, um, since he couldn't see where he was going, how would he ever know that he was reaching his destination if the dog wasn't with him? And he kind of smiled and he said, even though I can't see where I'm going, I, I do know one thing, that if I continue moving sooner or later, I will reach my destination. And that's kind of the way faith is. It's 
moving forward even when the destination is not clear. Faith says that what God has promised will happen, and it's so certain that it's almost as if it had already happened. Faith treats things that are hoped for as reality. That's the description of, that's given in Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know it. <laughs> um, in fact, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, expressed this need for trust when he said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. One of my mother's and I's favorite scriptures is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Now, when I look back over my life, there are a few occasions when this uh, principle of trusting God uh, with all my uh, heart. And I can remember one experience years ago uh, in my early 30s, and I had to step out on faith in God to protect me uh, and to be with me and my son when I finally left my husband. And I know I've shared this before, um, but let me kind of step back a few years earlier. Um, I had dropped out of college and married the man of my life. <laughs> um, at least I thought he was the love of my life. And at that time, I was 20 and I was in love with him. Um, I thought that um, love would keep us together through everything. Um, but boy, was I wrong. <laughs> uh, within the first year of my marriage, I was what they called barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> And soon we were responsible for this new life. And at the beginning of our marriage, my husband was always providing everything for me and my son. Um, but this all came to a crashing halt soon. Um, and during this time in my life, I was convinced, um, he had convinced me that my purpose in life was to be a mother and wife. But I knew that God was calling me to something even greater. And I tried to understand how this man that I love turned to be so controlling and at times a frustrating beast. Um, it caused me to wonder, was I the one who caused this to happen? I tried to understand why I was going through what I was going through, but in spite of my ability to lean into my own understanding, I managed to trust God to work all things out for me. And he did. After um, my son started school, um, I was able to convince my husband to allow me to work. And um, soon I was able to convince him to allow me to further my education and go back to school. And so I was able to complete college in two years, graduating. And I went on to um, attend graduate school. Uh, where by faith, I was able to do the same. And little did I know that this was all according to God's will and plan for my life. But deep inside, I knew that this marriage was not what God had for me. 
because I was married to a stubborn man who at times was extremely abusive physically and verbally and emotionally 80% of the time. (laughs) But I continued to trust God and I continued to trust him to open up opportunities for me to get out of this bad situation. And finally, the opportunity came and I only had a few hours to act. I left home that morning, as always, to take my son to school, which was our routine. But instead, this morning, um, I stopped at the local McDonald's for breakfast with my son. And I waited there until I knew that my husband had left for work. And then I doubled back to the house and started grabbing everything out of the drawers and closets that I could that would fit into a suitcase. Now the task was um, a little easy because um, we had already started packing the day before. Um, Since my husband had informed me yet again that we were gonna have to move. Um, Now for the sake of time, I won't go into all the details of those situations but I'll save them for another declaration. Uh, But I knew that on this particular day, I only had three hours before he'd be back home from work. You see, he was a police officer and he returned home um, uh, for breaks throughout the day. And I always felt like he was taking these breaks just to check on me and to see that I was completing every task and every assignment that he had given me for the day. But that day, this day um, was different. This day, I would put my complete faith in God to free me from this life of despair. So a couple of my girlfriends met me at the house and helped me begin packing the car, only to take what was necessary for the trip to the Bay Area where my sister and her husband were waiting for me. In each step that I took, I... Now, don't get me wrong. This was kind of like the hardest thing I had done in my life. And But in each step that I took, I'd completely trust God rather than my own intuition. Um, I acted on what I believed God was telling me to do. Looking back um, from my current perspective, I really see that what God was doing and how he was really directing and ordering my path. and. Uh, what he had for me to do once I got here to the Bay Area. But even now, the hardest part of my faith journey is to still lean not into my own understanding. And I think that's probably something that we all deal with because trust is not easy. And it's much easier to walk by sight than faith. For walking by sight makes sense. We want to see where we're going and we want to see where we're setting out to go. Um, We rely on our physical sense and our logic and our common sense, and we set our goals and weigh the obstacles against our assets, and then we plan our route. If this is the modus operandi of our Christian life, I urge each of you to heed the next words carefully, because if what God has asked you to do always seems logical and makes sense, it's probably not God you're listening to. Um, Mark Batterson, an author, once wrote, faith is not logical, and it's not illogical either. Faith is theological. 
because it just adds God into the equation. Hebrews 11, which I had spoke about in the last declaration, um, we find an inspiring litany of some of God's most faithful people who could not see the finish line, but yet they knew it was there. And the faith of these saints, the faith these saints spurred, that spurred them into action, even in uncertain circumstances and fearful circumstances, they still were risk takers, broke molds, system shakers, and faith walkers. And we need to be just like them for, for their lives. We learn what true faith is like. For such great deeds of faith, these men and women make you feel like your faith perhaps is small in comparison. But don't worry because our faith can grow according to the word. <laughs> For in 2 Corinthians 10, 15, Paul eagerly states that he desires the increase of the Corinthians' faith. And in 1 Thessalonians 3, 10, he wanted to visit believers in Thessalonica, Thessalonica to strengthen what was lacking in their faith. And in 2 Thessalonians 1.3, in his second letter to them, he commanded them for growth. He commended them for the growth in their faith. As we want to live as overcomers of fear, um, we have to come to strengthen our faith and trust in God at all times. And some of the key strategies that can help us, I call them the P's of our growth in our faith. And that's preaching, problems, people, purpose, and perspective. For to grow our faith, we need preaching. Um, preaching of the word of God. For where would we be today if we had not heard that sermon or that word of God in our lives that broke up every chain? For without the gospel being preached to us, we might not ever have found the faith in God that we have, can now pass on to thousands that we will encounter. Um, even the Apostle Paul says that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God in Romans 10, 17. And he didn't mean that all who hear the word of God will become believers, but rather he meant that faith cannot exist unless there is a message or report of fact or event that lead one to believe. Paul was identifying the critical need in the lives of Christians. For faith is generated by the hearing of God's word. And this is a powerful reason to make church attendance one of our highest priorities. For the preaching of the word is um, basically like a catalyst that God uses to grow our faith. And if we never sit down under the sound of the word of God through preaching, we miss an opportunity to receive and to move, be moved by it. But when we have the word spoken and preached in our lives by others, and when we allow the scriptures to reach us and fill us in the essential way, in an essential way, we or studying the word on our own, is how we can anchor the spoken word in our, to our lives. Hold on one second. Um, you don't grow 
your faith by putting the Bible on your nightstand. And we don't grow our faith by some emotional experience. Instead, faith deepens through reading and hearing the word of God. For when you hear the word of God and read the word of God and then respond to the word of God, our faith grows. Because when God tells us to do something and we do it, we strengthen our faith each time. And we're being obedient to the will of God. And our ability to believe in him grows and increases. And then we discover that he is for us and that he is directing us and ordering our steps in the way that we should go. Now, we also should grow our faith faith through problems, where we need problems in our lives to grow our faith. For having problems in our lives teach us what, uh, what it means to exercise faith against all human reason. Let me tell you what it means. One day when my cousin um, was in town visiting my niece and I, we decided to take her out kayaking in the San Francisco Bay. And on that day, we got two kayaks, one for my cousin and I, and um, we decided to share one since she had never been before. And my niece took the second one alone. And the instructor went over all the safety rules of kayaking. Um, and then he gave us this one final rule as he pushed us away from the dock. Um, he said, make sure you stay within the borders of the wall um, and make sure that you keep your boats tied together. Um, well, we followed those rules for about 15 minutes. Soon <laughs> um, we got kind of bored of kayaking within the walls of the bay. And so we decided we would take a quick tri trip on the other side of the wall. And to top it off, my niece requested that we remove the rope so that she could um, row alone. Um, she wanted to venture out by herself. And at the time we thought it was fun and you know we were laughing and having a great time until this large yacht that was venturing into the to, to the pier to dock passed by our little kayaks and the ocean rumbled beneath our boat. And uh, to make things worse, our niece's boat who was no longer attached to us she started to drift out into the middle of the bay. And we started panicking and we were fighting the waves desperately to reach her. And she started to grow exhausted as she was fighting against the wave with every row that she took. And I could just see in her eyes that she was about to give up. And we finally made it about six feet from her boat and it felt like miles. Um, since we were like basically in this current um, trying to reach her, uh, we started yelling out to her to let go of the kayak and reach out beyond the boat into the water and we would attempt to throw her the rope. Um, now, my niece Terry, her natural instinct was to hug the kayak 
rather than to lean out of the boat and grab hold of the rope that we were tossing her. But in a desperate situation, she was forced to make a choice. Um, when she leaned on her own under, when she leaned on her own understanding or trust the wisdom of those around her who could see the bigger picture. Um, and within seconds later, later, her faith was rewarded and she was finally attached to our kayak. For that moment, my niece decided to say no to what herself was telling, what she was telling her to do and what she felt. Um, instead, she decided not to cling to the security of the boat, but to grab out and lean out beyond the boat and grab the rope, which was soon to be the arc of safety for her. Now, to wait on God is to entrust our life on God. And in that way, the big difference is that the step of faith is a lifetime in the taking. It's a daily choice we all must take. None of us want problems. We want happy relationships, fulfilling jobs, great health, obedient children. But problems get in the way of all of that. And they hit us like storms, bringing waves of fear and disruption. But problems will drive us to the Lord and they teach us to leave on him. They grow our confidence and our unseen reality of God and his involvement in our lives. Someone once said, we might know in principle that Jesus is all we need to get through, but we don't really know that Jesus is all we need until Jesus is all we have. Our default tendency is to trust in ourselves and lean into our own understanding. But when we encounter a problem that's bigger than our ability to handle, that's when we learn that our own resources are inadequate and that we cannot truly rely on Jesus until we stop trying to rely only on ourselves. Now, God uses our problems to deepen our faith in him. For life's most challenging and fearful situations can be our best opportunities to realize God's strength. For ideally, we should reach out to Jesus as our first resort and not the last. Now, when we finally made it safely into the car and started heading home, I remember asking my niece, what would she have done if we had never been able to reach her? And she responded that she knew that she had all the cell phones at the bottom of her kayak. And what she would have done would have been to call my father and have him call the Coast Guard to come rescue her. You see, when we encounter problems in our lives, we must, be, we must need to be someone whose first thought is to exercise faith in our father and call upon our father first. Now, great faith um, does not only need problems to grow our faith, but we need people. Now, Paul, commands us in Ephesians 6.16 to overcome fear by um, taking the shield of faith, which will be able to quench all fiery darts. 
of the, of the wicked one. Too often, however, Christians believe that they're supposed to take up that shield of their, on their own. But this metaphor is much bigger than that. While the Roman shield was carried by individual soldiers, it was most effective when combined with the shield of other soldiers. And as soldiers marched forward in a tight and organized formation, their shield overlapped and interlocked to prevent points of entry for the enemy's arrow. And this was called the tortoise formation. The point here is that this is the shield of faith, which by design is interlocked with the soldier next to you. This is the shield of faith utilized in community, the community of faith. And sometimes God strengthens us when we're all alone and a quiet of our room, but oftentimes he strengthens our faith through the word and the presence of others in our lives. That's what I love about this call is that we come together to proclaim our faith with one another. Now recently Dion sent me this video with the sermon on the Potter's app, Potter's House House app, and this sermon was taken from this story of Jesus healing the paralytic in Mark 2, verses 1 through 12. And it's a classic example of the power of combined faith. For Jesus was in Capernaum teaching in the house, and a crowd was standing room only, multiple layers deep, overflowing the house and filling the yard. How would a paralyzed man ever reach Jesus in this crowd? He wouldn't on his own. But thank God, this man had four friends who believed that Jesus would heal him. They put their faith into this remarkable action by tearing up the roof and lowering this paralyzed friend in the room below where Jesus was teaching. Then we find this key statement in verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, plural, he healed the man. Now, I believe Jesus, like the faith and action of this group of five people, one sick man and four helping friends who locked their faith together like a shield of faith. Now, after viewing this video, I called Dion back and she asked, what did I think of the message? And, you know, I told her I was a little upset at first because I thought she was trying to be funny. <laughs> but, you know, God told me to keep watching. And then I came to the part where the preacher was doing the demonstration of the four men in the audience who he called down to carry this one man. And it was then that God spoke to me and said, I know you're strong, Pamela, but you can't always go it alone. And I shared this with Dion and I understood the message that she was trying to say to me. Um, she was always going to have my back. And when my faith would grow weary or start to fail, I knew that she would have that faith to carry me through my circumstances. So I got off the phone with her and I kind of started to really pray into God and crying um, because God never intends for people to follow Christ alone. To grow in faith that dispels our fear, we need other people. 
for faith is contagious. And if our faith is strong, consider that God, if God of calling you to minister to those whose faith is weak, and if your faith is weak or sinking in the face of extreme challenges, we should seek the encouragement examples of those with stronger faith. Because living as an isolated Christian makes growth in faith difficult and sometimes impossible. Now, not only should we grow in with through by people, but we need to grow with purpose. Um, God often gives us purpose that requires us to trust him in a special way. And that's one reason why Jesus loved to give his disciples tasks and challenges to build their faith. And he always sent them out two by two to preach and cast out demons and to heal. And on one occasion, he commanded them to feed 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish. And another, he had them feed 4,000 people with seven loaves and a few fish. And then at the end of his earthly ministry, he sent them ahead to Jerusalem to wait to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, giving them this sense of purpose. God desires that we follow the purpose that he has for each of us and the call that he has on each of our, our lives so that we can strengthen our faith muscles, just as he did the disciples. Now, as we grow in faith, we not only need purpose, but we need perspective. You see, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith, and he answered that if their faith was the smallest as mustard seed, in Luke, he said they would be able to uproot and cast the mulberry tree into the sea. In other words, the important issue was not the size of their faith, but the size of their God. And Jesus' disciples needed the proper perspective in order to grow their faith, and so do we. It's just like having a power steering in our car. We can easily turn this two-ton automobile with only one finger, not because our finger is so strong, but because the power steering is. For our finger is merely, merely engaged the power to accomplish the task. And that's how faith works. Someone once said, faith must have an object. Too many people, oh, the faith must have an object to many people. For the important thing to believe, for the important thing to believe and what you should believe is secondary. For the truth is, faith itself has no power. It is not the faith that moves the mountain, but it is God. Biblically speaking, faith as a mere human activity possesses no virtue or holds no merit. The power lies in the object. Now, at the end of Hebrews 11, the 12th, in, uh, in the 12th chapter um, and the second verse, it tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Because when we 
see our faith on the level of those in the book of Hebrews, we are encouraged to trust God for our needs because our problems are not big or small in the sight of God. It's our perspective that needs enlarging. For no matter how small or insignificant you think your faith is, just keep praying and trusting and seeking God. And remember, it's the object of our faith who is our almighty, almighty God and not the size of our faith that's important. Because as we shift our focus from ourselves to him, our faith will grow and become fearless. And we will be able to say with confidence, in God, I will put my trust and I will never fear. Psalm 56, 4, as I pass that call, as I pass the call. Father God, we come to you right now in the name of your most precious Son, Jesus. We bless your name, God. What a mighty, mighty God you are, Lord Jesus. We thank you for yet another day. We bless your name, God. We honor you with our lives, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we just want to uh, live righteously, live faithfully, bonded to your word, hiding your word in our heart, God. We just want to have our faith increase, Lord God. Lord God, we just want to believe in every utterance, Lord God, every word of the Bible, Lord God, our basic instructions before leaving this earth, Lord Jesus. We believe that everything uh, that you say is true, unfailing, in almost indescribable the power that you have god and the evidence that we see in our lives lord jesus we just bless your name god so father god we just come right now because your word says whenever two or three are gathered you will be there so holy spirit we invite you right now to move among us we invite you to move in our lives. We invite you to instruct us. We invite you to uh, direct us. We invite you in and invite you to speak to our hearts, Lord God. Help us to discern and understand um, what your direction and, and what your uh, plans are for our life, Lord God. And let us not, let us in our faith, Lord God, let us not have uh, anxiety around it, Lord God. We pray not to be uh fighting against um, our own minds, Lord God. We pray that we're able to fend off and ward off the devil because he comes, Lord God, to, uh, uh, he comes to just kind of like breathe fear and within us, Lord God, but we stand against it, Lord God, because your word says when he comes like a flood, like a flood, oh God, a flood is great, Lord God, it's overwhelming, it's powerful, Lord God, it moves things out the way, it lifts things, and your word says like a flood, Jesus, we uh, give him no place in our lives, Lord God, we give him, give you rather all the glory all the honor, 
everything, Lord Jesus, belongs to you. So we put, excuse me, Lord, we pray that our faith is pleasing in your sight, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you will um, never, because your word says you won't, never leave or forsake us. That's faith, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you for this day. We pray, Lord God, that you will uh, protect our loved ones. We pray, Lord God, for those who are sick, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for those who don't know you. We pray that we are able to uh, touch someone, Lord Jesus, um, and that our faith and the way we live our lives is, is attractive, Lord God. So, so someone may come to us and ask, what must I do? Hallelujah. God, I bless your name this morning. So, Lord, as we come right now, Lord God, uh, in a concerted effort, Lord God, to praise you, Lord God. As we take our phones off of mute, Jesus, we just want to say, Lord, we have faith in you, Lord God. We believe in you, Lord God. We know that your Hallelujah. word is true and powerful, Lord God. Yes, we Lord. know that you will never, never. We know, Lord God, that you will never be Thank you, Father God, for your blood that was shed on Calvary, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, that you sent an army before me today, Lord God, before us today, Jesus, to fight the battles through us or fight the battles for us. We walk by faith and not by sight, Lord God, leading not to our own understanding, but trusting you in all your ways that you may direct our path. Hallelujah. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, for a spirit of obedience. Father God, I thank you, hallelujah, for a spirit of prayer this morning. I thank you, Jesus, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light on the path, Lord God, hallelujah. Cast down every thought and imagination that comes to exalt itself higher than the knowledge of God this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Great is our faithfulness, hallelujah. Great is our faithfulness, hallelujah. Yes, God. Faithfulness, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, hallelujah. Glory to your holy name, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, hallelujah. Glory, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Jesus, that they will never reform in the name of Jesus. Bless your holy name this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, the 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord, God. The sweet name of Jesus. No greater name I know, Lord God. You have all the glory, Lord God. All the power, Lord God. Oh, God, let us not be anxious, Lord God, but to wait on your word, Lord God, with full expectation, Lord Jesus, that your word and your promises will come to pass, Lord God. They have to, Lord God. They have to, God. Your word and your promises will come to pass, Lord God. So we bless your name, God. We call you Father. Hallelujah. Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. Precious, precious, sweet lamb, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Blessed be thy name, God. Oh, 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 God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Blessed be thy name. So, Father God, we have... Woke up this day, Lord God. You have touched us, Lord God. You've given us ability, Lord God. You've given us another day, Lord God, to get this thing called life right, Lord God. So we pray to honor you with our lives, Lord God. We pray that each day that we live, Lord God, our faith will grow and grow and grow and grow. Because, Lord God, you love us, Lord God. And we are made righteous through our faith, Lord God. And without faith, God, we cannot please you, Lord God. And we want to please you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because you've done so much for us, Lord God. And because you loved us first, Lord God. And because you made sacrifices, Lord God. And because you've moved things out the way, Lord God. And when we pray, Lord God, and we ask you for something, God, you answer our prayers, God. How great you are, Jesus. Blessed for this day, God. Blessed be this day, Lord God. So, Jesus, we just pray that you have heard our heard our prayers and our petitions, our praises as a sweet aroma unto your nostrils, Lord God. We pray that we are pleasing in your sight this day, Lord God. We pray that you will be with us, Lord God, that you will walk with us, Lord God, and talk with us, Lord God, because we know we are all these things we pray in the masses and mighty name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, no sweeter name I know. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be thy name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. At this time, uh, we want to open the call up for those who did not get an opportunity this morning to um, say good morning or who would uh, like to um, announce your presence here on this call. Good morning, Pam. It's Juliet. Good morning, Juliet. Good morning. This is Catherine. Good morning, Catherine. Are there any others? Good morning. It's Monique. Good morning. This is Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Thank you. 
morning to each of you that have called in this morning. We are so grateful um, to have you all on the call. Um, it's just a blessing, um, as I you know stated in the declaration, to just have this call for us to kind of come together as a community of believers and you know to just um, be there for one another when you know someone's hurting. You know we can be there for, to pray and to lift them up and to keep them strong. Um, at this time, we're going. I'm going to kind of open the call up for discussion uh, regarding the declaration. Maybe there was something I said, some clarity you might need, um, or a comment you'd like to make. Hey Pam, this is Juliet. Hey, good morning, Juliet. Morning. That was an awesome uh, decoration of your faith. A great picture of what faith looks like, and you know how we need to exercise it, or how we should exercise it in um in our lives. So it was beautiful. I, I liked the way you unpacked it. Just wanted to say that. Praise God. Yeah, when I was, um, you know, working on this, I just never, um, you know, thought of, you know, what it, that it, that faith needed growing in our lives, you know, and even though the scripture talks of it, um, sometimes we need, you know, we discuss having faith and, you know, being able to move mountains and having a portion of faith and, you know, um, we never talk about like ways to increase our faith in God or to, you know, um, really um, grow in God. Um, and so, you know, as I was kind of um, doing a lot of reading and, and I started, you know, realizing, you know, the need for problems in our lives and that through our problems and circumstances, it's an opportunity for us to really grow in our faith towards God and, you know, that we need people, um, uh, that God, um, tells us that we should not forsake the assemblies of others and that we should, you know, really be come together as community. Um, you know, we see it through Jesus's life with his disciple of 12 and, you know, that they exercise community at all time and, you know, as a way they were a strength for one another. And that's what I love about this call. Like I said, it kind of gives us that um, opportunity to daily, whereas, you know, church is once a week and, you know, you just kind of go get your fix. But this is an opportunity to daily kind of come together as believers to, um, you know, iron sharpens iron and, you know, to come together and to be around some really mighty men and women of God. and. Um, how, you know, we grow in our purpose and understanding our purpose and walking in our purpose and our perspective and, you know, the way that we see things now and the way that we um, allow God to, you know, just really change our perspective um, in the way that um, we operate in life. Um, is there anyone else who would like to share? Thank you so much, Juliet.
you know, really found interesting was when I was um, studying Ephesians and looking at that shield of faith and how, you know, that shield of faith was actually used in battle and, you know, them um, standing shoulder to shoulder, you know, over uh, linking the shield over, you know, where they would overlap and, you know, uh, preventing the arrow uh, of Satan to to penetrate or to make it through. Um, and I think that's where a lot of times we fail is, you know, making sure that we're um, being that shield, you know, um, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder united. Um, and, you know, just that united force against the enemy. Um, and that's why I love when, you know, churches, our churches, we have, you know, our prayer, um, uh, all day prayer, or, you know, just really um, emerge ourselves in um, praying and seeking uh, God for direction and seeking God for protection against the enemy and fighting those spiritual warfares through fasting and praying. Uh, but it was just interesting to see the way that the military had to, um, the formation that they had to come in in order to protect the entire community of soldiers. You know, I remember seeing that uh, in the movie Gladiator. It was a clip that they showed how they uh, put the shields up not only in front of them, but they even covered their heads like a big old force, you know, where they couldn't penetrate the arrows. Wow. Side by side. And um, uh, when a pastor was, you know, showed that um, that clip of that movie, and it was like, wow, that's what faith looks like. I mean, they were side by side. They had the shield. They had two shields. They had one in front. One for the front and one for the head, and they covered each other till it was like a canopy. It was awesome. Wow, wow. When I, you know, like what you're saying, you know, you never realize. You think the enemy has you. He likes to keep you in isolation. You know, and make you think like, oh, you can do. You don't need those people. You can do it on your own. You don't need. You know, you don't want to disclose your problems. You need to keep those to yourself. You know. Um, but God never intended for us to be isolated or we were, you know, he, he wouldn't have made uh, two people. <laughs> right, right. Man, let's be alone, right? And, you know, but, you know, it's, that's, the, that's the go-to a lot of times as humans. It's like we got to be able to fix it some kind of way, you know. So part of that is kind of instead of gathering and and, and getting with people, we tend to find ourselves going into seclusion, going away from people. It's like, you know, just like when you were talking about your, you know, your relationship with your son's father, I can, you know, I had kind of similar situation and you're going through all this drama. And uh, I think I remember you saying one day you were still showing up at, at church doing all these things and nobody knew what was going on. And you're sitting there, you know, you're in, you're, you're hurting, you, you, you want to reach out, but then that's that spirit of embarrassment and all kinds of things that keep you uh, 
you know, to make to make you feel like you shan't, you can't talk to anyone. You shouldn't talk to anyone. Especially, and, you know, and it's even a double, to me, it's a double whammy when you're a Christian. Because we, we're taught to have that air of perfection, you know. Like, um, you know, I've, I've arrived, you know what I'm saying? So I can't show anybody that I'm having problems, right? Um, right. Especially in the place of leadership, that's even worse. You know, so it's like the enemy, like, really works on your mind. And, uh, you know, um, it's, but it's not until you realize that you need others is when, you know, the freedom actually comes. When you're able to just, when you get to that fork in the road and you, um, or, or you come to the end of yourself and say, you really cry out to God and he just shows you the picture. He just, un, you know, takes the blinders off and just show you people and places just sets things up, you know, and seems like what took, once you kind of cry out, like what took, uh, you felt like years of drama is like, it's gone in a month. It's like, it's, it, it, it moves so fast. You know, he just moves right. the situation, you know, he's just waiting for you to come to him and recognize that, you know, what the, the answer lies with him. Right. You know? Right. To stop trying to do it on my own. <laughs> Because even though we say we have faith, we sometimes tie the hands of God by constantly trying to fix it on our own. You know, it's like I'm believing God for rent, but yet, you know, I'm trying to, you know, pay uh, Rob Peter to pay Paul and, you know, manipulate things over here and manipulate stuff over here to make it work and to make it, you know, all pan out and it's like we're constantly trying to 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 do it rather than really surrendering and just giving it up and letting God do it. Is anyone else? Thank you so much, Julia. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I would like to piggyback on what my wife was saying about that 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 uh, shield of faith, and you know, uh, in that formation, uh, uh, you call it the tortoise, the, uh, the the tortoise formation, and it it really speaks to that um, where our purpose is in our faith collectively. Uh, as a former um, uh, member of the armed of services, one thing you understand is that you never go into battle alone that there is a mission for everyone. You never go into the battle alone, although in the heat of battle, you may find yourself one-on-one with the opponent, but you never go into battle alone. And the thing about it is, you know, when they used to do that formation, you have to understand that not everybody's gonna have the side. There are people whose purpose is to cover, and that's the shield of faith that covers you, that, that is held up above your heads. There are some people who have your back, you know, and that's and and this and their faith is that one that shields you from the back as well as the side and the front. Um, we don't carry shields now in in modern warfare, but we employ the same type of strategy. You know, there are people who are are are, are good soldiers, good uh, infantrymen. Those are the ones who 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 uh, go into the battlefield with the guns. But before the soldiers ever get to the field of battle. 
um, all depending on where you're at, you'll have the Navy. And the Navy would, would sometimes bombard you know, the enemy area with guns from afar. And uh, as you are going into battle, you always have your back covered by the armored division. Those are the ones who, who ride the tanks and to make sure that the enemy doesn't come up behind you. And then you have those who, who, are, um, who, who drive the airplanes. And so in times when you're in times of trouble, they can help bombard the enemy. And so I'm saying this to say this, is that while we are here on this line and declaring victory, you have to understand that each one of us has been given a measure of faith. Each one of us has been given a purpose, a destiny, not for our own glory, know that for the glory of God, but also to help each other. We, we function as, as a unit. We function as a body. So it's, it's essential. Uh, and this is what God gives us, and he gives us these gifts. He gives us this faith so that we uh, can operate in our assignment. You know, you, you've got good intercessors. You know what I'm saying? Everybody should be able to in intercess. You have some who have that gift that are able to provide that air cover. You have, you have some people who have that great faith that, that says that, you know, no matter what's coming, I'm, I'm going to meet the enemy head on. You have people whose purpose is to always cover your back. So they're interceding for those who are, for those prayer warriors while they're on the ground fighting. We have to understand that we all have an assignment. God is, is, is willing and able uh, if we allow ourselves to enter into a relationship where the Holy Spirit can instruct us. You know what I'm saying? That's our drill sergeant. That's our, that's our field marshal. And he will instruct each one of us uh, on, on what our assignment is. Having assignment, knowing your purpose is nothing unless you step out, unless you become active. You know, I can't provide air cover if I'm unwilling to fly my plane. Here with Declare Victory, I want to impress upon everybody that you have a sound. That each person that comes on this line, it's not uh, uh, it's not coincidence, but God has called you to this line for a purpose. And so I would encourage, I would challenge everybody, especially in this uh, month, as we talk about faith factor, uh, to look at your faith factor and to understand that your what your assignment is, what your purpose is, and to begin to step out on that. Because you may be responsible for the life of, of another uh, believer. That's all, but great. Uh, Great decoration, Pam. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much, Eric. Um, yeah, what you were saying, it, you know, it kind of reminded me, like I was saying about the, the friends that, you know, came together to even carry the one who was um, unable to get himself there. And it's kind of like that's what, um, that might be your purpose. That might be your assignment for that day is to carry somebody and to, you know, get them to Jesus. And, you know, it's like we really have a great opportunity on this call to really um, utilize our faith and to utilize our gifts and, um, you know, so that, um, you know, they can grow and increase and so that he can uh, take us to the next level. Um, on this call, I know there's many who will be pastors one day and many who 
will be called to start ministries, um, many who will be called to uh, do miraculous healings, and um, it begins here. It begins right here, uh, where the teaching and the learning and, you know, the stepping out on your faith and, um, you know, asking to, you know, be a prayer warrior on the call or asking to open up the call or asking to uh, do a declaration uh, you know just the, the the grooming starts here and like I said that's what I love because it's every day it's not you know a once a week thing it's an opportunity to be used each day of your life um, is there anyone else thank you so much brother Eric Well, I won't keep us this morning. Um, I want to thank you all for calling in. And um, like I said, I just really want to encourage you to really step out, um, to really trust God with with every part of your life, with everything in your life. Um, you know, not just the small things, but it, everything. Um, he's there for us all in that um, he loves and desires to, you know, really um, use us. He loves and desires to be there for us. We're his children. Um, I want to remind you all about the Marriage Matters um, class this evening at 6, and it's also avail available for uh, married hopefuls or those who are engaged. Um, and I want to remind you um, to call back in tomorrow morning. Yes, go ahead, Eric. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marriage Matters, it won't be on for tonight. So I just wanted to make that announcement. It's canceled for oh, tonight. Oh, okay. Got it. So Got I'll be it. back on it in two weeks. Okay. Good, good. Um, but let us close out in prayer. Uh, Father God, we just come to you this morning thanking you, God. Um, for who you are, thanking you, God, for your word, God, and for just growing our faith day by day, God, uh, for opportunities, God, for us to stand on you and to believe in you, God, just as we can believe in man to, to keep an airplane a flight, uh, to keep a car intact on the road, God, and to keep our power steering, you know, um, properly designed and we need to trust you, God, to be completely um, in charge of our lives, God. We need to trust you with every area of our lives, God. I pray, Lord, that you would grow each of our faith on this call, God, and not that we would stand alone, God, but that we would come united, God. And I'm speaking to myself, God. I just pray, Lord, that um, you would um, keep me, God, to uh, know that believers on this call are praying for me, God, and they're for me, God. God, I just thank you for what you're doing on this call. I thank you for Sister Dion, God, and the other leaders that are on the call, God. Continue to use them, God, in miraculous ways, God, that lives would be changed, God, and uh, people would be healed, God, and that people would come to know you, God, and uh, utilize the gifts that you've uh, placed within them, God. 
God, we just thank you and we praise you for what you're doing, God. We give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Love you all to life. Have a very blessed day. And we'll see you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Have a blessed day, everyone. You have a blessed day, too. Thank you. God bless everybody. Blessings to everyone. Bye. Great day.